If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. I'm your host, Steve Crothy. Hello! I'm Hulk Burkhart. Man, I'm excited to talk about the game we're talking about today. We're talking about a game today. That's what we're doing. <laughs> we're talking, thing. Yeah, let's talk about video games. <laughs> yeah, man. We're going to talk about the Final Fantasy VII Remake. So I'm very excited for this episode. Um, I've been on a big Final Fantasy VII kick. Merch... Yeah, it's been a big thing, and so we've been intending to do one of these episodes for a little while now, since Steve and I both played and beat the remake, uh, and so we're going to go ahead and do it. Get uh, get this one out of the way, then, you know, we'll be able to do a Crisis Core episode towards the end of the year, slash beginning of next year, because I think that game comes out pretty close to the end of the year, and uh, then we'll be good and ready for the second part that's supposedly coming out next year. Cool. Steve, can you hear me? Yes, I can, buddy. Oh, oh. I'm very excited to talk about this game. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Um, All right, terrific. One of these games, like, the thing that's funny to me about the Final Fantasy VII Remake is how long people were clamoring for it before it actually got officially announced, and then in typical square fashion it got announced and then took forever to come out officially um and had kind of a bumpy development around around the way that's something that i don't know if people necessarily remember because it came out and it was really good but there was some turmoil along the way but we'll talk about all that when we get to the actual game um and that's interesting to me i i didn't know i didn't know there was turmoil behind the scenes yeah. Looking at the product, I, I was only aware of the finished product. And, I mean, it's damn impressive. <laughs> yeah, so there was actually a, another developer. We'll get into this in more detail, but there was another developer brought on, like another studio brought on to assist with it, and they got canned partway through the process. Um, so one of those those weird things that people seem to have forgotten because like i said it came out and it was really good uh, and weird it is fucking weird if you thought final fantasy 7 the original final fantasy 7 was weird boy this is weird but that's part of the charm right that final oh, fantasy yeah. weirdness um mm-hmm. 
But before we jump into all that, buddy, I have a question for you. What have you been playing lately? I think we've been playing sort of the same thing. Yeah, we uh, we agreed to get started on Yakuza Like a Dragon mm-hmm. together, do a concurrent playthrough, and uh, that's going really well. I'm really enjoying that. Going to have a lot to say about that whenever we do that episode. Um, and also playing through the Last of Us remake with my wife. So we, my we'll wife, <laughs> my wife, we'll be getting an episode on that one. I yeah. think sooner than later with as well. Yeah. So I'm I'm playing both of those games. That all those Yakuza uh, announcements last week really got me juiced up to play a Yakuza. So we decided to go with seven. Um, and boy, am I enjoying it. I, I'm still I haven't caught up to where I was currently or or before because um, I started playing it the day the series x launched it was one of the games i got with that and then ended up putting it down it's it's always a tough go right if you get a couple of games at the launch of a system like you want to play them all one of them's going to end up winning out and getting the most of your attention and for me that was demon souls <laughs> that's the one that eventually I was gonna say <laughs> yeah that's the one that eventually <laughs> won out and got all my attention that's funny that it was eventually that for you, where it was not a question at all for me. It was like, we're going hard into Demon's Souls. In fact, the only time I even used my Xbox for that first month, I would say, uh, my Series X was on the weekends when we would play uh, Dead by Daylight. Man, if I could transport back to those Dead by Daylight weekends, man, such good times. I love some Dead by Daylight. Yeah, they were good times. Um, so... Uh, yeah, so we're both playing that game, um, or those games, rather. I think we're going to try and do, like, a couple of, like, horror-themed games in the month of October. You know, getting the fucking reason for the season, the spooky season. So, Last of Us remake definitely counts. Probably do, uh, we're talking about maybe doing, uh, the Resident Evil 2 remake, speaking of remakes, because I have yet to play that. So, we got stuff in the works, um... Luckily, it won't, you know, just all be me trying to pull bits out of my ass to make Steve laugh for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I want to say, speaking of bits, um, Eric Strothers, our buddy over at uh, The Bad Motivators, I wanted to shout him out. He sent me a microphone in the mail, which I'm very clearly not using right now. But uh, I think by the next show, I'm hoping to have it up and running and the sound quality should hopefully improve. And just wanted to say thanks, Eric. I really appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, man, that's real solid of that dude, you know? After all the accusations yeah. and the fucking, I, you know, throw my man a microphone. <laughs> you know what you need to use that microphone for is recording a fucking face-melting fucking solo and send it over to him. Um, Great idea. Another thing, I, I don't know how we don't talk about the crazy shit from this week, which is the Grand Theft Auto 6 leaks. Oh, yeah. Holy. I can't remember. Um, well, I don't know. I think the source code leak for Half-Life 2 was probably bigger, like in scale, um, of what was actually leaked, but didn't make as much of a splash because gaming wasn't as omnipresent as it is today. And, right. you know, through, you know, the last you know, a couple of decades, Rockstar has really, you know, sort of put themselves up on a pedestal as like a premium game experience creative 
team. I don't know, man. Um, and uh, so it's really making the rounds. And look, I can't pretend I didn't. I watched it all. I watched it all. It looks like Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I do feel for the developers, you know. Uh, I'm sure those the scumbags that are the higher ups at Rockstar, I could give two shits about those guys, but like the actual people working on that project, and there's a lot of them, you know, got, got their work kind of spoiled, and that really sucks, and I hate it, but you know, that game's going to come out in four or five years, and it's barely going to resemble this footage, I bet. Yeah, so, so that's what I was telling Will. Like, so Will and I were talking about it last night, or the night before, and my thoughts on it was, because, like, you know, you see people sort of being a little shitty about it, but yeah, they're the marky. ones who, yeah. the, the, they're the ones who are going to look silly when you see the final product because this is very clearly very early. Right. And it looks like grand theft auto yeah, five. Yeah. Because they're using grand theft. Way auto for, yeah. They're using grand theft auto five assets. That is not an uncommon thing in game development. As I understand it, not being someone who's actually worked in the field, but you know, if you have those assets available, that's an easy way to like, you know, start putting stuff together in demo form and stuff while you work on systems. So he was like, do you think it, it takes any wind out of their sails for when they, they want to officially reveal it? And I was like, no, that like, if I were them, I think you use it as like fuel, right? So when you do finally show it off and it's all polished and it looks like a next gen or a, in this case, a current gen game, um, then it really wows everybody, right? Like you, you wait until to show us it when you're ready and that shit looks phenomenal um because it's what was leaked was very early and then like, apparently some diablo 4 stuff was leaked too i didn't even check that out after the grand theft auto thing i was like there's so many video game leaks in one one day one week <laughs> and then yeah i didn't watch that either <clears throat> i uh and then uh, someone tagged us on the tagged me on the um, the the Twitter account for the podcast because I guess the FBI believes the leaker was a 16 year old li that lived in the UK or lives in the UK, and Patrick Boyle tagged us in it and was like, and I thought Halls was up to some shady stuff at 16, buddy. You couldn't be further from the truth. I just kind of sat around and played video games and watched Star Wars. I was lame i was not the kid that was out causing trouble i just kind of stuck around Same the house here. and dicked around online yeah maybe i looked at a little porn here and there but i was a fucking warm-blooded young man of 16 years old with his own computer and access to the internet what else was i supposed to do not Some porn that you found out out in the woods yeah right nah you know what you don't find out and you do you know who you don't find out in the woods Hitomi Tanaka. You only get introduced to that through the <laughs> internet, all right? And God bless the internet. God bless the internet. I'll, I'll Sheesh. <laughs> Sheesh. So, yeah, it's it's been crazy. I The thing is, is I, I really do believe when we get our first official look at Grand Theft Auto 6, which is, I don't know if it's five or six years away, but it's still a couple, probably three at the sure. least. Yeah, I think. I think three minimum. Yeah, it could it could seriously end up being towards the end of this current console life cycle. 
to be honest. Like, you got to think we're already wasn't, two years into it. Red Dead 2. Wasn't Grand Theft Auto 5 released at the end of the Xbox 360 pretty much? Yep, within the, yep, yep, it sure was. It was released real late. Granted, 4 came out pretty early, and then Red Dead Redemption, and then 5, all on one console. You know, this previous generation, we only got one new um, Rockstar game, quote-unquote only. It was Red Dead Redemption 2. You know, like, enough said. It's a really good game. Does it, you know, it's just, it's weird. These things take so long now. They have to put so much work into them. So, when it is time, when we do see it, I fully suspect it's going to look majorly different than what we're seeing. Um, Although some of the stuff that was in those leaks sort of lines up with some of the, you know, rumor mill that was going around about Grand Theft Auto 6. Mainly, uh, maybe it's going to be set in Vice City again, but like in the modern era instead of the 80s, and that there would be a... A playable female character for the first time in the series uh, history and uh, all that seems to line up all of that seems to line up yeah and don't worry woke brigade there's a guy you can use to it's not just <laughs> dude that's <one> lady so, <laughs> so I, I, like as soon as I saw that rumor I was like uh oh and I know the kind of person that this is going to upset that you can play as a lady in Grand Theft Auto. I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. I, because of being uh, being uh, so extremely on the internet when it comes to Star Wars for so long, I know exactly how and the what will set the assholes off and how they will respond to it. All it takes is a lady or someone that's not white. And boy, how do they get a little upset? Frankly, a yeah. lot of upset. So yeah, mm-hmm. go Big ahead, go ahead in 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 a few years time when this game is actually out. I want you to remember your old pal Hall saying it on the High Potion podcast. The assholes are going to freak out about there being a lady main character in Grand Theft Auto Six. It's their playbook. Yeah. <laughs> you <know> what? <clears throat> you know what? Um, okay, can I? Uh, it's secret time. We're all friends here, right, Steve? We're all friends. Of course. This is a judgment-free zone. So you have this Steam Deck, right? I know a guy who occasionally has dead periods at his job. And, you know, it's not like he's being derelict in his duty and not doing his job. There's just nothing for him to do, typically towards the end of his shift. So sometimes he breaks out his Steam Deck, plays a couple of games, you know? It tries to find, like, sort of... Because, like, this guy, he couldn't get into, you know, a From game. Like, it's got to be something that, you know, is fun enough to engage with, but also you can play in short bursts or is easy to pause or shut down if you need to, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know. This guy, I guess he's feeling a little lonely. Never given it a shot before, so maybe he downloaded an anime titty game. And that is (laughs) T-I-D-D-I-E. All right. Specifically, an anime titty rhythm cooking game. And, uh. You just got my full attention. Bruh. You, you, did, have you checked your Steam library lately? <laughs> no. Listen, 
this guy probably would not send you this as a as a as a steam gift because <laughs> like that seems like the kind of purchase that a man needs to decide on himself not have it thrust upon him by a friend and like i don't know like i ain't trying to cause problems at home this guy ain't trying to cause problems at home if you're sitting on the toilet playing a fucking you know spicy anime and by the way it's 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 m-rated it's not adults only we're not talking like it's 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 lewd it's not nude uh, that's what i that's what my friend said he learned uh in his ex in his research about this type of game but yeah it's a, apparently a rhythm cooking game and uh there's some anime ladies in it i don't know i don't know i def uh, he definitely might have to, i might have to just do some research you i know, think you might need to for... but yeah like i don't think this guy would send you this because like like i'm saying like i'm saying if you're in the bathroom playing on your steam deck playing this and like cynthia's like is he watching <laughs> or like she just comes in the room and looks over your shoulder and there's some you know mostly naked anime lady cooking a big pot of uh, uh bean sprouts <laughs> i ain't trying to cause he ain't trying to cause problems at home let's talk about final fantasy 7 <clears throat> we i just i don't know man this guy you know he trusted me with that story i said all right um, yeah, man. And sometimes you you get caught up telling a story, and you can mix up your pronouns. It happens. Yeah, yeah. it's never meant on purpose. Um, no, of course. Yeah. So, anyways, Final Fantasy VII, one of like I was definitely into, and we've talked about it a, a lot, so we don't have to go over it. But I was definitely into you know Final Fantasy IV, Final Fantasy VI, Chrono Trigger. Before those, those were the introduce. You know, that's what introduced me to jrpgs specifically final fantasy and and you know the other stuff that square did final fantasy 7 is the first time like i became obsessed with a game i think like i loved video games before but this was an obsession you know what i mean staying up real late at night hunting down ultima weapons breeding chocobos racing chocobos getting knights of the uh Knights of the Round materia, the whole deal. It's a game that meant a whole lot to me, and I've said it before, probably the game I've played through the most. Uh, right, and I mean, I totally, the same with me. Like, this, the original came out in um, 97, mm -hmm. I believe, and um, I definitely was super, super excited about it. Like, hadn't been hyped on a game for this level I think since I was born, I think I was the most hyped for this game of any game. Maybe Street Fighter Two, the home version, that yeah. might have compared. Look, perhaps. I, but. I, I'm not saying I didn't love video games, but this was—I could feel that this was something different. This is the first time that, like, I, um, really got into the entire cast of a game. It's the you know the the first time that I ever you know what I would have considered a hundred percent completing a game as well like you know oh yeah Same. fighting the ruby I to, weapon i wanted to find everything yes and and we've once again we've talked about it a ton that final fantasy 7 strategy guide is like <laughs> a holy text right like if i had if there was a shrine to halls there'd be this little golden box with some incense in it and you would open it up and in there would be the Final Fantasy VII strategy guide, and you would do readings from it. <laughs> In the Mako Reactor Seven, um, so 
the history of squares back and forth with Final Fantasy VII as as far as a remake is concerned actually goes back a little further than some people might remember. Um, shortly after the launch of the PlayStation 2 in the early 2000s, I want to say maybe 2002-ish, they announced that they were going to do remakes of Final Fantasy 7, 8, and 9 for the PlayStation 2. They announced it, and it was never, ever heard from again. <laughs> like, it, it, they announced it at an E3. They, you know, they didn't have any screenshots or trailers or anything. They just said, hey, we're doing this, and then never announced it again. Obviously, it never came out. And then it feels to me like the the concept of a Final Fantasy VII remake and the fan clamor for a Final Fantasy VII uh, remake happened in, I want to say it was 2005, when Square was part of a tech presentation for the forthcoming PlayStation 3. And as part of the presentation, they remade the opening scene of Final Fantasy VII with the train pulling into the Mako reactor and you know Cloud and Barrett jumping off and fighting the first couple of Shinra soldiers, right? And of course, people see this and they're like, holy shit, are they remaking Final Fantasy VII? And they're like, nah, it was just a tech demo to show off the PlayStation 3. So, for years... <laughs> People were begging for this fucking game. They really wanted a uh, remake of Final Fantasy VII. And then as years go on, you get uh, Dirge of Cerberus, that pseudo-Final Fantasy VII sequel where you play as Vincent. It's awful. It's awful. Terrible game. Terrible, stupid, terrible game. I was very excited for it, too. Go figure, right? Day one purchase from a Babbage's. A Babbage's. <laughs> No, a Sam Goody. A Sam Goody. Even worse. Um, you know, we get the prequel that comes out on the PSP. It's really good. Um, Advent Children, the, the you know, CG animated sequel to Final Fantasy VII. You know, they, so, like, the legacy of it lived on, but it just seemed like one of those things where, I don't know, like, it wasn't really going to happen. And then, eventually, um, they did, in fact, uh, announce it. And like I said at the beginning, in pure um, Square Enix fashion, they announced it, and that shit took forever to come out. I didn't have a PlayStation 4 when they announced it, right? Like, that's how long ago it was. Um, Dang. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, because I, like, I was such a big fan of the 360 that there was no question to me, I'm getting an Xbox One. That's what I'm going to get on launch day of the new consoles. Maybe I'll get a PlayStation eventually. And PlayStation, you know, starts putting out fucking banger after banger. They got a Spider-Man game coming out. They got a Street Fighter game I can't play anywhere else. And they're going to have the Final Fantasy VII remake. It played a big part in me finally getting a PlayStation 4. Um, so, yeah. Uh, then <laughs> they were uh, partnered with another developer by the name of CyberConnect2. CyberConnect2 is a Japanese developer 
Um, probably best known for those dot hack games. If anybody remembers those, they were like, I remember um, them. I never played them. Some in the store or whatnot. They, I don't have the best memory of them. Like I definitely tried them cause it's, you know, it's like a, the whole idea of dot hack is your classic. Well now classic anime trope of people play an MMO they get stuck stuck in the MMO world. Now they just live in an MMO, you know, live in the dream. Um, and there was a dot anime. hack sounds like somebody who would sorry dot hack sounds like somebody who would help like solve a crime in an Agatha Christie novel. Yeah, exactly. Like, but it would be like a hip reimagining like um, uh, Blade Runner cyberpunk set Agatha. You know what I mean? Because they would somebody would try to sp- spice it up a little bit. Um, they also um, developed. Do you remember that game, uh, Ashura's Wrath, from the 360 PlayStation 3 era? I do. Mm-hmm. They developed that as well. So they were brought on board to help along with development of Final Fantasy VII Remake. We get that first reveal trailer. And you know you don't hear much about it. The very next thing you end up hearing is that they got hot, they got fired, like that they were taken off the project, and the Final Fantasy VII remake was moved fully internally. And I remember when this happened, talking to my buddy Aaron Boyd, shout out Aaron, because um, he's also a huge Final Fantasy VII fan, and he was like, "How long do you think this delays it?" And I was like, "I don't know, buddy. I have no idea. I think this was in 2016. 17 that that happened which was three years before the final release date final fantasy 7 remake i don't know if you remember this buddy but it was the light at the end far from the end actually but the light at the end of the covid tunnel for you and i because Mm -hmm. we talked about it on the show Steve and I were like, we were friends. We still hung out and stuff, but we didn't really game much together for like a year. I mean, it wasn't even that long. He went and did his destiny thing. I went off and fucking started playing Yakuza games. There was, there was was a good while there where we weren't really gaming together. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was, it was a lot of the destiny stuff. Yep. You know? Yep. When I bowed out of destiny, you guys continued on with it for a, a real long time. But then COVID happens. We're all stuck at home. Steve and I start playing Final Fantasy fourteen, rope Jeff and Nick in. And all honestly, the day Steve, I was driving home from work the last day I was able to go out before things shut down. And while I'm driving, Steve texted me and he's like, hey, I think I'm going to play Final Fantasy fourteen. You would be, uh, I'm surprised I didn't die with how excited I was with that text. And so I pulled over. I pulled into a gas station to text Steve back and was like, dude, if you play, I'll play, blah, blah, blah. And then he starts texting me, oh, I think I'm making this character, all this stuff. You know, long story short, that's what we really get into. And the next thing on our calendar, there's two games. Three? No, actually, there was three. There were three games on the horizon, all three of which ended up getting at least slightly delayed because of the initial stages of COVID, and that was Last of Us 2, Ghost of Tsushima, and the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, Sheesh. Right? You're, Golly. 
Can I you, mean, damn. When was the, can you imagine <laughs> those three bangers coming out? It's hard to, like, you don't appreciate it as much at the time until you're living in the year 2022 for gaming, right? <laughs> right. When yeah, you're no, like, yeah. oh, man. Oh, yeah, God of War is coming out. That's something to look forward to. You know what I mean? Like, those three games, if not for nothing, all PlayStation exclusives coming out within <laughs> that span of each other is bananas. Is bananas. And the fact that I beat two of them in their release window, Last of Us 2 and Ghost of Tsushima, where where did I find the time? COVID. I couldn't do anything because I was stuck at home. You know what I mean? Like, I worked at home as much as I could. I podcasted with Will about Star Wars, and I played video games. I also played, played a lot of Animal Crossing at that time, too. Um. And the craziest thing of all to me related to this is the one I was most excited for, Final Fantasy VII Remake, I didn't end up beating right away. It wasn't until last year, the beginning of last year, I started playing Final Fantasy VII Remake again post-Demon Souls. I beat Demon Souls and then wanted another game to play, and... um. I was like, shit, I never beat Final Fantasy VII Remake and finally sat down and played it. Loved it. I think it's really good. It's got some faults. I don't. I think both you and I will, will have, you know, issues to bring up with the game itself. But a pretty impressive feat to pull off what they did, I think. I totally agree. I completely agree. Um, we talked about those three games coming out and... You know, I would say if I had to rank them, Final Fantasy, the remake, Final Fantasy falls third, but that's not Ugh. a slight. Like, I would say that Ghost of Tsushima and Last of Us 2 are both A pluses, and the 7 remake is maybe an A or an A minus. Yeah. Uh, I, and I don't know, man. Because, you know, like, so I'll be honest with you. Um, and, and we can just sort of like use this to roll into talking about some of the game and the systems. We'll save story stuff till the end. I don't want Wesley to come to my house and beat me up because I <laughs> spoiled Final Fantasy VII Remake because um, he hasn't had a chance to play it yet. But, you know, I don't think it's a perfect game, but it was for me as that kid who became obsessed with the cast and... um was so nervous. I was very nervous about this one. To me, this would be the equivalent of Tool coming out and saying, hey, we just got done re-recording Lateralis and we're going to release it tomorrow. I would be excited, but also very nervous because of what the original product means to me, right? Um, so I think the first thing we should talk about is the combat system, right? Because right. it is one of the most major departures from the original the original was your classic square enix turn-based party you know battle system which i which you and i both love we right. we are dinosaurs in that regard i guess that that you and i both loved turn-based combat still in this day and age yeah so it took a little minute to get used to this one and, and i guess you kind of have to mention that the guy who was in charge of this remake Nomura, I mm -hmm. believe. Yeah. Uh, he was the guy who was responsible for Kingdom Hearts, correct? Yes. And this game, in a lot of ways, does play like a Kingdom Hearts game. Now, 
Right. Would right. you That's would you pick him up? Yeah, would you pick up Kingdom Hearts 3 and then play like play it for a little while and then play Final Fantasy 7 and feel like you're playing the exact same game? Absolutely not, but it's hard to deny right. that that sort of action um combat uh system with the magic and the materia and stuff doesn't feel a lot like Kingdom Hearts. To me it feels more refined and more grounded and and it feels totally it feels like it fits in the world of Final Fantasy VII. Like they did a good, they did a really good job of translating that style of gameplay to Final Fantasy VII. But it's definitely there's there are similar similarities to be had uh, to see. I don't know, man. There's a lot of similar. <laughs> They're both very a lot similar. of samey stuff. Yep. Yeah, a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of samey stuff. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it's but this I, I did I did enjoy this combat system. I don't want to be a, a fuddy duddy about it. Like I I liked it. I just I never felt like I was that good at it. Uh, I'll, I'll say that. Like I even you know by the end of the game, you know, really um, dominating either. Like I'm sure if you were to watch like high level gameplay, people who have really min maxed their materia and mm-hmm. stuff like that who could wipe out these bosses like it's easy but i kind of struggled with it uh the the combo of turn-based and real time mm-hmm. um but with that said when you pulled off cool stuff with it man it is cool so <laughs> okay cool. so i agree i uh, so especially on my first playthrough right i think my struggles with the combat system on my first playthrough might have been what uh, initially led me to put it down and then not pick it back up. So when I got back into it, I like knowing that that was something that I struggled with. Also, it probably didn't run that great on my old school oh, PlayStation yeah, Four, right. and like then I had the PlayStation Five, right? So I was like, well, it'll probably run a lot better, um, and put really put the time in to learn it and. Um, sort of grind out some extra fights just for the practice of the the combat system. And what I found on my second playthrough is boss fights. I'm like there's a, a a boss fight at one point where you fight a giant house that had me banging my head against the wall. I could not get it the first playthrough. The second playthrough got through it on the first time. So, you know, I, I was able to get a, my my head around it eventually. But also like you. There's this sense of uh, accomplishment, payoff, and and like uh, satisfaction that you get in the original Final Fantasy VII by grinding your characters up, min-maxing the best materia and stuff. And like the late game stuff, unless you're fighting like Emerald Weapon or Ruby Weapon, is a cakewalk because you've put the time in there's not really the ability to do that in this one. Like I never felt like granted you're only getting a tiny bit of the story because, Oh, did we mention instead of remaking the whole game, they decided to split this shit into a trilogy and it's literally just the Midgar section that opens um, the game, the original game, like a four to five, maybe six our experience in the first game has been blown up to a full, you know, 40 plus hour RPG. Um, right now, how, how long was the original final fantasy seven? Would you estimate? So I can't remember, but I know, and, and you're talking about someone who 
for sure has his PlayStation One uh, memory card somewhere in this house that's got the, his original Final Fantasy Seven save on it. I got all the characters to level ninety nine with you know nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine hit points and mana, right? Like I, <laughs> yeah, but a normal person has. Yeah, I, so <laughs> that's I can't say, man. I can't say. I mean, Pro- probably let's say like forty hours. I would imagine. Yeah, I would imagine. I think somewhere. Somewhere around there, thirty-five to forty hours. I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. Maybe a bit longer if you take your time and grind and, and do literally everything in the game, aside from taking all your guys <laughs> level ninety-nine. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you do that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so so you're looking at you're looking at a game that takes maybe a fraction of that original game and is blowing it up to almost the length of the original game yeah and pretty wild and for the most part we'll talk about it more when we get into the story stuff pretty successful because that was another big mm-hmm. like uh, a big question mark for me is like how much are they going to pad this shit and they do they definitely pad it to me there was only oh, yeah, one yeah one part that was pretty egregious as far as padding we'll talk like i said we'll talk about it later but for the most part the additions <laughs> are really good right yeah, they they allow you more time to get to know some of the secondary characters who aren't around very long in uh, the original game. Um, but yeah, yeah, I agree that there was there was padding, but like honestly, I didn't even mind it so much. Uh, I, I just kind of got into mm-hmm. the setting of the game, and I really liked the the zoom in. Honestly, like, and, I just felt like this was a, a cool place to expand on. Yeah, Cloud's well, backstory, and well, we'll get so, into that. Like. You know, when you play the original Final Fantasy VII, right? Especially if you played it when it came out and it was like, you know, such a phenomenon and people were so crazy about it. Like, one of the things was like, Midgar was this location. Like, I talk about it. It's a little corny, but I talk about it uh, on the Star Wars podcast. Like, the Millennium Falcon is a character just in Star Wars as much as, you know, Han Solo. It doesn't have to be like a physical being that's a character or adds character the island in lost is a character in that story right Mm -hmm. to me midgar was a character or it was you know what i mean it was it felt alive it was one of these cities it's super memorable it's you know it's so memorable right because because when you think about the great games a lot of what great games have in common is a really great like first area Something that's going to hook you in, get you the basics of the plot, teach you how to play the game. Uh-huh. And Midgar was one of the more memorable first areas of a game that I can remember. So, and what you that get makes sense. a lot more of in this game is more, more of Midgar. What's going on? You get to know like the residents more because that's not really something you had the opportunity to do in seven especially not as much as you do in this one and it works out really well in its favor to when you know some pretty rough shit happens later like it's it's even more effective than it was in the original game but enough big time i keep wanting to talk about the story because i like it so much but keep going keep going um (laughs) so you know it's it's an action combat right and you can switch party members um so like you know for the majority you'll probably be playing as cloud there's a you know a couple attack buttons and then you can sort of do this active pausing so you can cast spells or use items or initiate summons or whatever it may be 
and it's at times it's hectic but if you can get your mind around it and get decent at it it can lead to some really cool moments that are frankly pretty anime as hell as well yeah like where you have like uh somebody stunning uh an enemy Mm -hmm. with some kind of ability and then cloud sweeps in with a special move and finishes it off you know like almost simultaneously and badass and for a game in the series that's not the most well regarded they um they carried over a feature from final fantasy 13 interesting well interestingly enough which is that break system so every enemy has that bar below them and the more damage or types of damage you do like if you attack with ice and they're weak to ice it'll make their breaker bar fill up and once it fills all the way up you can break them and then do extra damage while they're stunned that is a system that comes from final fantasy 13 um obviously it was much different and used much different but interestingly enough uh that system saved saved my bacon quite a few times in the game if i'm if i'm being honest (laughs) when you pull off a success like a really critical break and then your party just goes ham baloney on an enemy it's awesome and Mm -hmm. like this is a gorgeous ass game like oh yeah i'm on on my old ass regular ass playstation 4 it looked amazing uh, the PlayStation, the PlayStation Four version on the PlayStation Five looked incredible, and the integrated version, the PlayStation Five and PC version that's out now, looks really nice. So it's if you're somebody that likes, you know, crazy graphics or like, you know, if that's a draw for you, this game definitely has it as well. Um, so in the long run, Steve, would you say? what would you have rather them done in a perfect world? Would you rather have them stuck with this system or translated the turn-based battle system in the same graphic engine, you know, but just, you know, it's hard. It's really hard to say. I, I, I guess I'm 50, 50 because I can respect that they wanted to do something different. And, you know, I don't know if, if turn base, it would probably be cool, but, at the same time, would it be as cool as what they have now? It's hard to say. Yeah, so this is the thing. To me, especially when we talk about some of the weirder aspects of this game, it kind of makes it interesting that it stands alone on itself without saying too much, right? Because I'm trying not to give away spoilers. But like Final Fantasy VII, the original, will always be there. You can literally play it on every console available now and some of the old ones. I've bought I've bought that game way too many times on different consoles just to replay it. So that's always there if I want to play it. It's never going to be one of those things where I go and I'm like, man, these graphics aren't as good as the remake. Why am I playing this? It's its, it's own <laughs> right. thing. It's own beautiful, perfect little thing. So I kind of like that the remake is different. I was, you know, initially pretty bummed that they weren't just doing the same combat from the original. But I grew to like this one pretty well. Um, right. And I, I would have totally agree. And that's that's why I hesitated to answer the question. Normally, I would have just been like, oh, turn-based all the way. Yeah. But by the end of the game, you've at least got the hang of it enough to where you can hang in most of the tough fights. And, you know, it it it, it fits this game. And you know, it, it does fit. There are some 
tough fights in this game. There's some, and, and I didn't play it on as hard as difficulty. And there's some parts that are pretty tough. Um, I think the materia system transferred over to this combat style really well. You know, um, I love some fucking materia for you guys that don't know. Materia is the system you get these like magic orbs, right? And you slot those into your weapons or your armor or your accessories or whatever. And they give you abilities. Like that's how you cast heal or fire or lightning or any number of things. Um, and I thought they did a really good job of translating that over. Uh, I thought the summons were pretty cool. Um, I don't know, man. There's well, just something. I mean, let, let's be honest. They're, they were OP a little bit in the um, the original game. Yeah. So I you know. could tell they, they were... They tried to limit that in this one. Now, mm-hmm. when they do show up, it's it's pretty dang awesome. It is awesome. Um, get, it is awesome. They make it tough. They make it tough to get a lot of them too. They're they're kind of like behind optional stuff. Yeah, to well, get some of the tougher ones. And and I don't know, like something about me just misses hitting that summon button and and chilling and watching <laughs> a summon beat Going, the shit out of and making them. a PBJ PBNJ. Yeah, man. Um. <laughs> But they look incredible, and and they all serve their purpose really well. Like so, in this one, you summon the, you know, you call the summon whether it's a freed or Shiva or whoever, and they're on the battlefield with you, right? Participating in the fight. They you don't control them, although you can um, issue commands to them for their to, for them to do their special attacks and stuff. Um, well, also, also you can you can only summon them specific times like you can't mm-hmm. use them against just regular ass dudes nope like it's only in boss fights and there's usually only specific phases during that boss fight where you get access to your summon yep there's a purple summon well, meter so. that starts filling and you have to wait that for that to fill to call them out and start you know participating in, in battle um but yeah like graphically like we said i think it's incredible uh the gameplay i think is really solid um, the way they worked in like, you know, side quests and stuff, you know, I thought was interesting. Uh, what, uh, so you played it in Japanese and I played it in English, correct? Uh, I thought the yes, English, weep, per- correct. I, I thought the, uh, I thought the, uh, uh, performances, the voice acting and the English version were really good. I assume the Japanese one was fucking phenomenal. Fantastic. Yeah. The music, no surprise, incredible. You know, a lot of redone, fully orchestrated versions of, you know, the original songs and then some new stuff, but just really good all together. Let's talk about the story. I, I just keep dancing around it. I got to get it out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we could we could talk about the, the only other crit- critique I would have maybe is that the materia system and the upgrade system are a little messy and convoluted. They are. But, uh, you know, I... I, I mean, that's splitting hairs. You can kind of let, um, you can kind of set the upgrade system to auto if you want to. I didn't, but yeah, and like, um, uh, I didn't really dig it as know. much as the original. That's definitely an area where I like the original better. But uh, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Like, you get a lot of weapons, right? Specifically for Cloud. Right. Like, it's really interesting to me because in the original game you don't get rid of that buster sword until well after midgar right but yeah you they get were the... trying <laughs> we'll talk about that i guess yeah. like they try to give you a different weapon early and i was, I was like, like 
you get the fuck out no. of here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Get out of here. Um, Even a buster sword, son. <laughs> you know, the limit breaks I thought were sick. Sick, sick, Oh, sick. yeah, those are really cool. So yeah. I really love this game. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the story and the surprises that the story had for us. So if you haven't played Final Fantasy VII Remake and you don't want to be spoiled, now's your chance to say goodbye. We'll see you next week, all right? Yeah, because not only is this like a real deep dive into Midgar, but there's it's not just a straight retelling of no. Final Fantasy VII, as we'll discuss. Yeah, and that's... So, all right, guys, you've been warned. That is what really is the most fascinating thing to me because I f never even considered that it would be anything but a straight-up retelling of the story of Final Fantasy VII. Turns out those crazy bastards also made it a semi-sequel to Final Fantasy VII to really yeah, amp up the weird. <laughs> it's wild, yeah. And I was glad you had played through this before me so you could kind of help me understand what was going on in some mm -hmm. of the parts, mm -hmm. you know, and then it, that really made a lot of sense the way you were, you were explaining it there at the end. So, you know, I remember in the lead-up to this game, people thinking it's weird, like, well, why is Sephiroth in the trailer... He doesn't really appear until after Midgar, right? Um, and to me, it was a real simple answer because you don't want to have a whole game without like that dude in it. So you introduce him at some point a little earlier because it's going to be a couple years, couple few years until you play the next one in the series. Uh, but no, turns out there is a reason for that. And the reason is something weird, man. I, to be honest, I don't have... 100% grasp on what's going on and I think that's by design but sure. yeah really early in the game they start dropping hints too like the first time you run across uh Sephiroth is right after the first bombing of the Mako reactor essentially the intro right. to the game and like Cloud has this vision where he sees Sephiroth and Sephiroth is being like all shifty I'm so secretive <laughs> but seems to be referencing events from Final Fantasy VII. And it's like, what? What's going on? And then there's those weird phantoms or ghosts or whatever that show up. So, like, at different points in the story, right, the story starts going in a direction that seems like it would, like, greatly change the original story of Final Fantasy VII and these deus, uh, deus ex machina motherfucker ghosts show up and steer it back towards this, you know, closer to the story you originally played. And so real early on, you get an idea that maybe something a little different is up. And then by the end of the game, sure enough, this is a sequel. <laughs> this is a sequel set in like a different a different universe or a different timeline or, or something, right? Like, I don't know, but it's it's really fascinating to me that they didn't just remake the story. They decided to get fucking Final Fantasy VII weird with it. And I love that. Yeah, yeah. it it will remain to be seen how it plays out, obviously. but They got a um, long way to talk, go. Can we talk about the iconic opening scene? 
Oh, um, you know, we're going to be all over the place. So, yes, of course. <laughs> I mean, like, talk about hooking you in right away. That zoom in on the train. Uh-huh. And I was just right away, just hook, line, and sinker. And the graphics are so amazing. Like, you know, Cloud's face as you're running around. Yep. It's just detail that's there. And, buddy, listen, like, the the way that that first reactor scene plays out is so good, man. It is so yeah. good. And it, like, it steers so close to the original that it makes you drop your guard a little bit and you're like okay all right and then you know you fight the big fucking scorpion the red scorpion the, your first boss fight and it's all crazy running on the walls and stuff and you're having to s- switch back between cloud and barrett <clears throat> and it's a lot of fun um and then you know how we were talking about like s- stretching the story the of the midgar section out so far allows you to get to know characters better like i always thought the trio of biggs jesse and wedge were they were good characters in final fantasy 7 you know but i'll be damned if i don't loathe they're lo- great characters they're in this game though. great characters dude like the character to development you get for jesse biggs and wedge in this one way outclasses seven to win you know the shit that goes down with those characters goes down. It's a way bigger bummer. Um, Big time. I'm, like, I mean, I love those characters so much. Uh, Wedge is, is Biggs the smaller guy? Yes. He looks like Charlie Sheen, doesn't he? He does look like Charlie Sheen. Am I crazy? Sheen. He, does, he looks like Charlie Sheen in Hot, uh, Hot Shots Part D is what he looks like. <laughs> Um, and Wedge in um, the English cast is fucking Badger from Breaking Bad. And like, that's all nice. I can hear the whole time. Um, but there's like extended sequences in the game where you, you go on quests that like part of the quest is you getting a lot of backstory about these three characters, like Jesse's family, uh, B- the yeah. orphanage that Biggs grew up in wedge and all his cats like he's got like 12 or 14 cats like oh it's just so fucking good dude like one of the highlights of this game to me is that is that exact thing um yeah and i mean let's be honest uh this means we get more tifa chan which is really the win buddy to be talking and and so like that's the thing the more you play this game, like you start, if you played the original, there's these moments you're going to like sort of start to anticipate. Right. And you're going to want you like, you're wondering like, Oh, how's it going to be? And for me as like, you know, the resident Tifa Stan, you know what I mean? Big ups. Like I'll wear that shit with t- pride. Wait till you see my full back piece. Right. <laughs> Getting that as a celebration to, for surviving this year, big old Tifa tattoo on my back. Graphic, <laughs> bro. Graphic. <laughs> never swimming without a shirt again not that i did now <laughs> anyways that first time going into the seventh heaven seventh heaven bar and they introduced tifa for the first time shoo dream weaver <laughs> oh shoo i said is it yeah, hot man. in here or is this is it these polygons bro playstation 4 is on its knees <laughs> smoking <laughs> It's like, why did you save right before? And I was like, because I'm living this moment over and over again. Or 
you know, something maybe a little more innocent. When when cloud falls through the um, the roof of the church that Aerith has her uh, her flower garden in, incredible in this fucking game. Like everybody's written really well. Like they kind of smoothed the '90s edginess of some of the characters a little bit to where everybody's just like, I don't know. Everybody's really good. The cast is great. Everybody is. Even Cloud, who's a little boring sometimes, pretty great in this. Yeah, yeah, he's. I, I like his character, but he's definitely kind of a more blank slate, I guess. With right, a lot of his emotions, just because I don't think he understands what's going on. Yeah, well, by it, design, it, like that's part of the, that, right. That you know, us, you know, yeah, um, and just like it's so good. And then so. Another thing I remember people, and I'm sure you do too, being a little nervous about was the Honeybee Inn stuff from the original mm-hmm. game. Because there, there's this part in the game where Cloud and Aerith are hanging out and they see Tifa go by in a carriage. And damn, what an outfit. Sheesh. Anyway, um, and it turns out like she is auditioning to be a potential wife for this character named Don Corneo, right? And in the original game, the way that you get into Don Corneo's mansion uh, to save Tifa is uh, you gather all the items for Cloud to dress like a lady. And to say it is, at times, borderline uh, insensitive (laughs) is maybe putting it a little lightly. You know, one of those things that Maybe, uh, you know, there's a slighter tinge of cringe to it in the modern era. So, you know, a big question would be, uh, well, a big question for it was, how are they going to handle this in the remake? How they handle it? Fucking perfectly. It is another highlight of the game. There's this extended dancing rhythm mini game that appears nowhere else in the game while cloud gets all done up like a lady it is so good i who's that what's that character's name that gives cloud the makeover oh i can't think of her name no i'm talking about Uh, the guy the guy in the honeybee that you're dancing with i can't think of his name i know who you're talking about um (laughs) so (laughs) they pull that off then there's um uh, that new, those two new characters they introduce in Wall Market, Chocobo Sam and the Madam. I can't remember her full name. Um, oh yeah, and there is she, that was inter- that was interesting with the Madam. Is she the one who you can pay to get like a massage from? Yeah, and they, and one of the options definitely seems like it might have been a hand job. <laughs> yeah, 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 because that's the option I got, and I was pretty. I think I texted you right afterwards. I was like, dude, did yep. Cloud just? Get a happy ending. What's going on? Here? Uh, yeah, I told man, you. I put them. I put them guild down for the same experience, my dude. I said we don't do half measures on this playthrough, no sir. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like <clears throat> you know, so obviously there's parts that are not any in any way in the original because you know, let's be honest here, they do have to to pad it out a little bit. Most of the padding right. I thought was pretty great. Like when you're hanging out in the town near Tifa's house and doing some of the side quest and like hanging out with those kids and helping the orphanage and shit like that. Great. Loved every minute of it. 
the virtual reality stuff you do for that little dude who's developing materia that works for Shinra. I can't even remember his name. He's kind of a he's kind of annoying. He just shows up in every town and you go do virtual reality missions for him. I like that stuff right, all he right. Just wants, he just wants you to, to do certain things in fights, right? Like, right. Like break yeah. break a an opponent's bar three times or Yeah. And yeah. he'll, give, he'll give you materia for, for doing that. And eventually, I think you can talk to him and do, like you said, the VR stuff, which is where you get some of those summons, yes. I believe. Yes. Um, <laughs> to me, the only part of the game that felt unnecessary as far as padding was concerned was there's this part, I don't know if you remember this, where you get unexplainedly sidetracked into a Shinra, an underground Shinra genetic experimentation lab, and you're fighting all those weird fucking experiments they did, and there's a boss fight, and then you leave. Like, mm -hmm. it's it, 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 that was the only moment where I was like, all right, I'm not really enjoying this part. Like, this is... What's going on here, man? I want to get my ass to Walmart. Trying to dress cloud up like a lady. Um, but uh, like some of the ways they I guess I, go ahead. I guess that would come. I guess that would come back later, like the the Shinra experiments thing. But it did seem kind of weird where they they put it there. Yeah, I mean it. It it is. I mean it's a it's a common theme in the story of Final Fantasy VII. Like Red Thirteen, that's his whole. His whole deal. He's being experimented on by Hojo, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, there's other shit, like, uh, that you would expect to... Like, the, the assault on Shinra Tower, which is towards the end of the Midgar section in the original game. Real good in this one. Like, the first time you see Genova, the first time you see Hojo, Red 13, like we were talking about. Um, mm -hmm. Real good. Real, real good. Um, what's some, oh the bike stuff right did was that ever a standout for you in the original game is when you're escaping Midgar and you're on the bike and you're trying to protect your friends in that truck and shit um, um from the original game I, I don't even really remember that part oh I'm yeah being honest it's, it's been a long time it stuck out to me because of the the change in in gameplay right uh, and it's there in this one and it's real cool but it's very hard there's a boss in that part do you remember it's like the big um, tank thing where you got to destroy different components on its wheels oh, yeah. on all the different sides yeah. and shit Ugh, and that it's took like me blowing. a couple of uh, took yeah. me a couple of times yeah. yeah and it starts you all the way over when you do it so you got to get back up to him to fight him die and do it all over again not the most enjoyable um, but shit starts to get real fucking wacky at the end when, uh, you face off against Sephiroth at the end of the highway, sort of where the Midgar section would normally, um, end. Um, and uh, this is the part that I am not exactly sure how to explain or that I even quite understand it, but you fight these three shadowy forms, right? This kind of last boss fight. If you look at them, they kind of look like one represents Cloud, one represents Tifa, and one represents Barrett, right? And apparently if you scan them, it says something about them being the spirits uh, 
of three heroes who fought to save the lifeblood of the planet. That's the plot of Final Fantasy VII. So it kind of seems like they're implying you're fighting the ghosts of Cloud, Tifa, and Barrett from the original Final Fantasy VII as the final bosses in Final Fantasy VII Remake. Bizarre. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't begin to wrap my head around that. I just was, as as I was playing through it, I was just like, okay, I, I'll fight these ghosts because they tell me to. You know, I wasn't sure why. And um, then you but fight... The, the Sephiroth fight, though, <sighs> was awesome. <laughs> yeah, and like, Sephiroth takes him to the moon and shit and is trying to get... he Like, he's talking about making Cloud... He wants Cloud to join him to defy fate. Meaning, like, he wants him to join him to change the course of the story of Final Fantasy VII. It's real meta. It's real fucking weird. It's very Final Fantasy. But, like, the lid blows off at the end of this. And right when it gets its craziest, they're like, okay, we'll see you in a few years with the next one. They leave you hanging. Quite a cliffhanger. Yeah, they're like, peace. <laughs> um, uh, and then, like, you know, they head out of Midgar and sort of the... Um, um, after credit scene or whatever, um, it starts referencing Zack. Right, Zack is an important character in the Final Fantasy VII story because he and Cloud were part of Soldier together, or were in Shin, you know, in the Shinra army. Zack was a soldier. Cloud was just a regular like grunt. All this shit happens. Cloud, his brain breaks. He assumes the identity of Zack and starts pretending to be a soldier. Blah, blah, blah. Zack dies. And I don't know, but it kind of seems like they're implying that that dude is still alive or has come back to life. It's going to get real weird in the next two. And that makes me nervous because how weird are we talking, right? Like... The, the whole theme of them wanting to defy fate and change the outcome of Final Fantasy VII, I'll tell you what, makes me feel like they're probably not going to kill Aerith. What do you think, buddy? Well, that definitely seems to be the um, route they're, go they're wanting to go, um, which makes me worried that they might kill somebody else instead. So, right... It, it, that that feeling i remember like feeling that when i beat the game and was like eh probably not like that's such an iconic moment and it's not like i hate the character and want to see her die over and over again but it is like a major moment in my video game playing history right as far as a story moment in a game but then they put out the trailer for the the next one and they were hinting at it again and yeah i kind of think they might pull a switcheroo and they might kill somebody else and it might be Tifa. They might kill Tifa instead of Aerith. Man, if they do that, I don't know if I can continue. I mean, I'll have to. You know what I mean? But I'll be up tears a, in your eyes, a broken mind. Yeah, I'll be I'll be at the last open GameStop in the country getting the third one on the PS6 or whatever the fuck by the time that third one comes out. You know what I'm talking about? Looking old and haggard. Face is a meth. I don't do meth. Looking like, looking, meth. Like, looking like Joel from yeah, <laughs> The look, Last of Us 20 years later. Looking like Joel in in his last scene in Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> going up to the counter. <laughs> talking about, 
one copy of Final <laughs> Fantasy Seven Part Three: Winds of Fate, or whatever the fuck they subtitle it. Tears in my eyes. <laughs> oh man, <sighs> dry even on your way back to the car. <laughs> uh huh. Uh-huh. Just ashamed. <laughs> I go in and I turn oh, I turn all my Tifa figures away from me so they don't look at me while I play. Um, <laughs> so you got some sweet figures, by the way. I know we talked about them last <laughs> week. Uh, I, every time I open my door to come in here and I see those Final Fantasy Seven figures, I just smile. I was like, Oof. that's why we're probably doing this episode. I told you no. Uh, so like. If you want to blame anybody for this episode where I just rambled for an hour and six minutes about Final Fantasy VII, and Steve was like, oh, Jesus. Um, blame bully-ass Wesley, because he sent in that email saying he was playing it for the first time, and then they announce all the other new Final Fantasy games, including two Final Fantasy VII-related games, and I was just in a mood, man. I've been in a Final Fantasy VII mood. Almost bought Remake again to play it on my Steam Deck. But I was like, don't do that. Just play it on your PlayStation 5. If you're going to play it again, play the the Intergrade version. Because neither of us have done that for the record. Neither of us have played the uh, Yuffie DLC yet. Right. I played it on PlayStation 4 Pro. Yeah. Yeah. I have not played it on PS5. Um, so, uh, you guys should check it out. You should check out this game. What do you think about the weird shit in the story, Steve? Successful? So... <clears throat> I would say it's a mixed bag, okay. Honestly, because I just don't know how it's going to turn out yet. Yeah, but there was a lot of stuff that was just really hard to understand. It is real, and buddy, this is coming from someone who beat the game and then had to do research, right? Listen to podcasts, watch YouTube videos, read Reddit posts to kind of get my head around it. And clearly, by the way I explained it, I don't have that great of a grasp on it either. So, um. It's weird. It's uh, really hard to me. understand. Um, it is. It's tough. It's some of, but I mean, let's. The main story is fine, and it's easy to understand, and it's, it's a great story. Like, there's so many great emotional beats in this, like where the, the plate falls, you know, and if you, all that stuff. If you have any affinity for Final Fantasy VII, specifically its cast, I don't see how you can play this game and not come away like feeling really great because everybody the cast is amazing like all the added stuff you get with each character is really good and it's like it's it's really good the i'm with steve where i'm a little nervous about the crazy story shit at the end because they got two games to go and that's a lot of room to fuck up and get real (laughs) i just hope it's i don't know man don't kill tifa Whatever you guys got to do, please don't, don't do that. If I, if I have to buy a, a t-shirt avatar like we did uh-huh, in the to uh, save Carmine, uh-huh. please don't, guys. Listen, I know you'll never hear this, but just know, like, I'm the guy. I bought I bought Final Fantasy 13 on release night at midnight and played it for 13 hours straight. And you know what? I didn't shit talk it for years, right? I let y'all slide on that one, right? I put a bunch of time and money into Final Fantasy fourteen. I played Final Fantasy once again, Final Fantasy fifteen. Played it all. I bought the expensive hardcover guide. Don't kill Tifa, please. Please. 
Please don't kill Tifa. Please don't kill her instead of Aerith. Don't kill any of them. If you're, if you're not going to kill Aerith, that's fine. You know what I mean? If you're going to kill somebody, do it in like the very last scene. I would prefer it not be Tifa even then because I like to have hope in my heart. For what? I don't yeah. know. It's gonna. It, what, I'm, if it keeps going on this way, I'm going to be like Joaquin Phoenix in that movie, Her. You know what I'm talking about? Where he <laughs> falls in love with his phone? <laughs> Bruh, if I'm t- glad t- you said that, not the Joker. Not Joker. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. By the way, I've had some experiences with some Don Corneo looking motherfuckers in, in, in this year and <laughs> not great. Let me just say. Melted ass Elmer Fudd stuff. Yep. So listen, guys, thanks for listening. <laughs> we really appreciate you guys. Hey, I'm not going to do the guilt trip. You guys are going to see this is what's going to happen. If you haven't played Final Fantasy 7, you're going to go get it. You're going to play it. You're going to love it. And then you're going to play Remake and love it. And you're going to be like, damn, I should go leave a five star review. If you have played either of those games and you love it, you're going to be like, damn, these guys are right on about Final Fantasy VII. You're going to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. All right? Thank you. Follow Steve on Twitter at Stone Cobra. Follow me at Blue Harvest Pod. Follow the podcast at High Potion Pod. Send us emails at highpotionpod at gmail.com. Maybe you don't want to. Maybe you don't want to be a legend like bully-ass Wesley. Who could blame you? But, you know... Just spin it in the we'll, gold. We'll, we'll immortalize you. Yeah, turn yeah. it into a bit. Be great. Yeah, and uh, we'll see you next week. Take care, guys. Ah!